Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Time all game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to Pick and Pod, the official podcast for all things NBA here at WFUV Sports. I'm Bridge Gotham, joined alongside Will Talent and Dan Bartels, Caleb Stein, our producer behind the glass. Fellas, it's Thursday, November 16th. About 10 to 12 games into the NBA season, give or take three or four weeks. So the season's going by. There's the in-season tournament. Again, I feel like the NBA does kind of take a backseat this time of year with the NFL going on, college football. But there's still plenty to talk about in the NBA. And I know we normally start with Knicks and Nets, but I have to start with the recent news surrounding the Draymond Green suspension. Of course, there was a scuffle in a game a couple nights ago. Draymond Green putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. I mean, before we even get into the how you doing, like just quick instant reactions to that. That was <laughs> that was a little much. Uh, it was kind of funny. I'll, I'll just say that because it was so unnecessary. Yeah. The whole thing, the screenshots like, that came out of it. Right? I mean, yanking on yep. Clay Thompson's jersey, and then Draymond just kind of out of nowhere. On <laughs> Rudy Gobert wasn't even in the situation. Who was trying? Well, he was trying to. Who's he trying to pull off of? Who? Somebody. So he, he was, was trying, trying to break pull, it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't man. work. We'll get into it. Yeah, but I'm just gonna go I with mean, that. Whatever. Yeah, it's Draymond. Nothing shocks <laughs> yeah. us anymore with the, his attitude on the court. So we'll get into it. But geez, man, what a what a scuffle that was. What a scuffle. I mean, again, anything to to sort of make headlines nowadays. I remember reading a tweet right before the game. Steph Curry was ruled out, and everyone was saying, "Oh." Draymond's gonna find a way to do something stupid and you know get himself suspended tonight. I saw that. Sure enough, yeah, I saw that because Steph wasn't playing. NBA (laughs) Twitter never fails to impress. But guys, again, great to be here with you guys on a Thursday morning. And again, as we're about ten to twelve games into the season, we look at the standings and in the Eastern Conference, Celtics and 76ers kind of dominating that conference. The Celtics actually got the better end of the 76ers last night. But of course, here in New York City, we got to talk Knicks. We got to talk Nets. And the New York Knicks get a nice win over the Atlanta Ooh. Hawks last night. Uh, you know, they have become a rival of the Knicks ever since that playoff series a couple years ago. The final score, 116-114, to 114, it was on the road. Gus Johnson was actually doing the game for MSG with Wally Zerbiak. Nice to see Gus Johnson doing a little NBA again. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at his schedule, I mean, I think he did the Michigan-St. John's game on, uh, yeah. on Monday night. He's going to do the Michigan football game this weekend. So he's doing just about everything dream job if you ask me but back to the Knicks themselves you know Julius Randle has definitely looked better you know I think something we always talk about whether it be one-on-one or this podcast is that yes he can be great but the inconsistency is what's so frustrating about a guy like Randle but he led all scores with 29 points last night hit both of his free throws and I think that's sort of the formula for success for these New York Knicks if Randle can actually show up and give you a good performance because you know Brunson's going to show up because he's Jalen Brunson that's what you're paying him to do but to me, that's the formula to success. What do you guys see uh, from this Knicks team as they're six and five at this point in the season? I think a people. I think a lot of people are really riled up about the inconsistencies that Julius Randle has. Let's just run the game logs real quick for this season. He had twenty nine and ten yesterday. Hmm. Excuse me, twenty nine ten and eight. Yeah. 25-9 and 5, 23-5 and 5, 23-16 and 5, 27-10 and 3, 16-12 and 5. 
that's his last week of games. Pretty consistent. The, uh, you know, it's all I can really say about Julius Randle is that, yeah, he had a 6-6 and 4 game against Cleveland. Yeah. And we're all up in arms because that was the team we beat in the playoff series. Are we worse than them now because we lost? Julius Randle just was non-existent. But, I mean, come on. This guy was a, is a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA for a reason with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. People saying that you're tired, that you want a star. You have an All-NBA player. Bring in somebody else to join your All-NBA player. You know That's what right. I mean? You don't need an All-NBA player. You already have one. Just get another if you're that serious about contending, you know? So, the inconsistencies with uh, Julius Randle, I just don't see them. You also have Jalen Brunson, who... It's really found another gear, Yeah, I would say. Uh, you know, Chris KP, our guy, Chris Persiani, he mm-hmm. would tell me before the season a lot that, you know, Brunson has this, like, fourth gear that he didn't really unlock last year, but it's there because he's still, like, relatively young, you know? Yeah. So um, I really think he's, like, finding it and finding it early this season. He started off the game yesterday – Brunson, I mean, he wasn't too hot, and then he picked it up, and that's really what you need down the stretch with Jalen Brunson. Knicks four and one in their last five games. They're rolling. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly too. Twenty points last night, shooting sixty percent from three. That's the spark plug. I mean, this team. We talk about Randall leading the team. It's really Brunson's team. But at the end of the day, like you need these guys to step up. I still think the Knicks need a star. I still think they need another guy if they want to really compete at the highest level. That's going to be a big thing down the stretch. If you're, you know twiddling with the Hawks I mean it's going to be really tough when April comes around and June comes around and these games matter more mm. you know I, I don't know the Knicks are right now a four or five seed I have them but we want to get up to a three or a two and be up there with the 76ers the Celtics so we'll see what happens but I, I like what I saw from the Knicks last night I mean all over the board really positive game and good game so far yeah and that kind of leads me to my next point I, I like well what you sort of said about what what our guy Chris Persianen had had talked about about what Brunson is really capable of and when you signed him from Dallas last season I wouldn't call him an unknown player but he certainly wasn't I wouldn't call him a superstar yet but he you know you didn't see him as a star super you know you Luka saw him Gonchich as a, people thought it was position. an overpay at the yeah. time oh I, I did too yeah and it turns out to be one of the one of the best contracts like you got this guy and then he turns out to be really really good because again as he gets older right he's still a young and developing player he's kind of coming into his own and I think that's furthering this year. And the reason why I bring all that up is because when I when we when the Knicks signed Brunson last year, I sort of saw him as like an addition to this Randall and Barrett sort of uh, nucleus. But I sort of see Brunson as kind of the focal point, Dan, of this offense and of this team. To be honest with you, yeah, um, I see him as the leader of this team. And I think we have this conversation of do the Knicks need another star? I think to contend they do. But you have to sort of ask yourself where would you want that star? Like what position are they are they really needed yeah. at? Because at the center position, I think Mitchell Robinson is great for what he does, what he gives you. He's an old-school center. He gets 15 rebounds, right? He doesn't shoot the three. You don't need to, right? That's he, he guards the paint. He does what he needs to do. On the perimeter, right, you have Brunson. You have Julius Randle. So it's kind of like, do you, do you try and get a guard? And I'm not saying like the, right now, but I'm saying just you know hypothetically, like what is kind of that real missing piece? Because Joel Embiid. I've always yeah, go out and get Joel Embiid. Yeah, go out and get Joel Embiid. I know it's the uh, you know kind of the the mainstay name. I would say you know I wasn't too high on Lillard because he's old. You know he's a sick player, but he's he's old and he but he fits Milwaukee's you know yeah, pursuit he fits there. because he he can offer 
you know, enough to that team to get them over the hump, mm -hmm. so to say. He could, you know, have the same production with the Knicks, but the Knicks are not in the same position as Milwaukee. Yeah. That's why you got to look at a guy like Joel Embiid, who, like I said, been in the cards for the Knicks for quite some time with the ties that he has to Leon Rose. Very mm -hmm. good friends with him, mm -hmm. former agent as well. That's right. 76ers also, despite their success this year, Harden's gone, you know. Mm -hmm. That's another conversation that we'll <laughs> yep. get into. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't love the 76ers moving forward in the future of Joel Embiid's, Joel Embiid's career. Mm -hmm. So go f go for Joel, man. Go for Joel. Get one of the best players in the NBA. Really open your window up. It may not be this year. They may do, like, uh, I've heard a lot of Zach Levine chatter. Yep. I, I've been seeing um, that, too, on Twitter, that'd be, yeah. I, I, would, I would like it. I know he's got a pretty big contract, so... They got to weigh their options, but I think Joel Embiid has to be the end goal here for this team. To me, what proved that the Knicks—I I agree with you, Will—but also Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson having them as a duo. We saw what they did with Wemby; they shut them down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's a pretty big thing. But I defensively, did not, yeah, bring this a lot is more to the like table. a long-term. Yeah, kind of right. Thing. I get that. So I, I do agree too. I think Levine could space the floor. Hart's always going to be the guy that's hustling all over the court, getting rebounds. But if you have a guy offensively too, up and down the court, you know, keeping the pace for the Knicks. I mean, Hart can only do so much. Divincenzo can only do so much. I mean, yeah. RJ to his credit, he's been a lot better this year, and he was good in last year's playoffs. But inconsistencies all over the board with the Knicks. I mean. I, Randall last night, he uh, splashes a three, and then the next possession, an air ball. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I can't be living with, uh, I can't be living with that. Yeah, it kind of just feels like a Knicks fan exclusive experience whenever you watch a play yeah. like that. It's like, does this happen to any other team? That's, that's, that's right. what you always ask yourself. Yeah, super interesting with the Knicks. And again, you talk about the Seventy Sixers. I look, they're winning right now, but I just don't think long term it makes sense. No, that's yeah. why. That's, that's like why what, I'm that's giving exactly, this Joel take. That's what I mean. Know? Like I kind of agree with you now that I've kind of thought about it. And especially with Boston beating them last night. Yeah. I think Boston's still the team to beat in the East. Yep. I think Milwaukee's up there too. Knicks are not there yet. No, they're, they're not, not there yet, but they will be they'll compete though. Yeah. You gotta give them you gotta give them time. This front office, this new regime has, in my my opinion, done a great job of that. Giving things time. Yeah. Not just like not giving Courtney Lee like seventy million dollars <laughs> yeah. over four years. Exactly. Because he was like the second best available shooting guard at the time and you really needed one. No, you know? I, I, I agree. <laughs> and it's a, it's tough to get people to come to New York, too, because the practice facility is away from the stadium. Yeah. It's like a whole commute to get there. A lot of people are turned off by that. And I understand. But if you want to play under the bright lights, like you've got to be able to make those sacrifices. And, and all the pressure, too, of playing in New well, York. That too. That's, people have. Yeah looked at since 1973, right? When That's when the Knicks last won a championship. Everyone that's played with the Knicks, obviously they got close with the Ewing years, and with Carmelo there were some good years, but overall the Knicks, I don't think they have the best reputation. We saw four four years ago, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They Irving, haven't won a championship free agents, in 51 years. Right? Too, yeah, yeah no, everyone thought they were going to go to the Knicks, and it turns out that it was the Brooklyn Nets, this team that was developing young players, had a good coach, kind of had a good sort of well-rounded team, and Kyrie and Katie were like, well, that makes a lot more sense than going to the Knicks, which are just a circus. Yeah. Um, and again, that didn't work out in Brooklyn. But I guess we can kind of shift gears briefly to Brooklyn before we talk about some some wider storylines. So the Knicks and Nets are both six and five right now and early on in the season for sure. The Nets definitely a very different team than the Knicks in terms of the makeup. Right. You look at the Knicks. They have a couple of stars. You talk about Barrett. You talk about Randall. You talk about Brunson. The Nets, on the other hand, of course, no more Kevin Durant, no more Kyrie Irving. All of that's over. And what the Nets have now are sort of a lot of young players that are developing. You talk about a Mikhail Bridges. 
you know, you talk about some of these other guys that have really given them, like Spencer Dinwiddie now back with the Nets. Yeah. He led them in scoring with their win over the Magic, which was their last game back on Tuesday, one of the in-season tournament games. So I mentioned that the Knicks and Nets have the same record. Looking ahead to the season, do you what's what's the net ceiling relative to the Knicks ceiling? Like I'm still trying to figure that out. I still think they could be a six seed. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Anything yeah. higher than that, I mean, they're they're a very deep team. I'll give them that. Their mm-hmm. bench is very good, and I'm happy you said Dinwiddie, twenty nine five and nine. He is inconsistent. Net fans will tell you that, and they want more out of him. But he's going to have to lead the way, especially now with Cam Thomas out. And Cam Johnson just getting back. I mean, there's certain things they have to figure out in that Magic win. He had 25-2-3. I mean, he's not the best three-point shooter, but he's an all-around player, and that's kind of what you want. And, and it's, again, it goes back to Dinwiddie. How 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 far can he take them? Because he's their star. I mean, Mikel Bridges is great, of course. But if you want to talk about just, like, scoring, minus Cam Thomas, obviously. I mean, Dinwiddie's sure. a baller. He, he really is. And when he's on his game... This Nets team is going to be tough. I mean, Ben Simmons out, too. I mean, there's a lot of problems on the Nets side. I think they have to figure all that out. Mm-hmm. They will. Jacques Vaughn is a great coach. I'll, I'll give him all I the credit great, in the world. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think what they're doing, that culture they're building, again, they're two steps behind the Knicks in terms of they don't really have, like, an identity or a star, per se. But, you know, they have a deep team, and, and that, that can go far. We saw it the Knicks last year. I think this year they're a play-in team, to be honest. Okay. I think that's their ceiling. Um they just don't have a star, yeah. in my opinion. I so I can't sit here and say Spencer Dinwiddie is the star. You know, Ben Ben Simmons is the star. I, I just can't do it. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't I can't meet you there. I am very impressed with how Camp Thomas has looked, though. I know yep. he's hurt now, though. Twenty six points per game, though, and, and you really got to give credit to Macal Bridges too. I think he's really unlocked. You know, we're talking about Jalen Brunson having this fourth gear. Yep. I think Macal Bridges has unlocked a new gear. Hmm. Not going to put a number on it, you know, uh, but just uh, you know because they're. Not the same yeah, sure. level of their career, but or Macal too. Exactly, yeah. But Macal Bridges, I think, has really like come into this different kind of player. Maybe this player that he always was, but it was a little harder to get going in Phoenix because you know you have the Devin Bookers of the world that are ahead of you. You mm-hmm. know, fit well. That's why he was a big reason why they even had a chance against the Bucks a couple years ago in the finals. But you know, now a little bit more of an opportunity at Brooklyn and. You know, it could blossom into something. I think they have, you know, like the Knicks, they're a little further behind now. They were ahead, and now they're a lot further behind. But I think they have a good little foundation to move into the future with, you know. So, for this year, though, I'll say play-in. I'll go, you said the sixth seed, right, Dan? Yeah. I'll say seven or eight is the absolute highest, but obviously Play in is where I could see because everyone makes the playoffs. Yeah, in the yeah. NBA, that, that's so. what I'm saying. Like, like this, yeah, so I kind of I'm right between you guys, like right on the border of a six and an eight seed between a six eight and a seven seed. And what Dan just said, like everyone makes the playoffs in the NBA now, which it's like unless you're horrible, in most unless sports you're like, too now. Frankly, yeah, unless you're the Detroit Pistons, or <laughs> unless you, right? <laughs> but so it's kind of funny, but it almost like the play in. I never liked the play-in because ultimately, like, let's say you're a 10 seed and, you know, you win against the 9 and then you play. You're, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, these are just extra games and the league's making more money, which I get. But it's just, like, it's just an eye storm. Like, why am I watching the 10 seed play the 9 seed for the right to play the loser of the 7-8 game when the 1 seed's going to just destroy whoever that is? I know last year the Well, the Heat, the heat man. But that's, yeah. I'm saying, you know, that's The look of the rare. Heat now, they but are that, not that's good. The, that's like what they're doing with baseball, though, in the mm. wild card series. You yeah. Know, I think these little, like, these little levels before the longer rounds sure. in the playoffs are 
they're pretty fun because then they, oh, the games themselves, I, I team don't gets disagree. going like the Heat did. You know, they yeah. were a one seed and then they were an eight seed and had to scratch and claw their way to get to where they were. That's true. That's pretty fun. I think you know, not to get off topic, but Go ahead. to get more of a sample size. You know, I feel like a lot of people with Major League Baseball and with NBA, they're um, you know, they want to, they want um, what am I trying to say? Um, they're just like they they want the um the bit the best team to win, mm-hmm. and oh, always yeah. the underdogs in these sports, specifically baseball, have mm-hmm. um, you know, s- come through at the top of the pack. Right. Like the D backs um, this year, yeah, man, they've come through the top of the pack, and years, I think with yeah. the NBA, we need a little bit more of this play in to a, a few more years of it to give these teams more of an opportunity. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. The courts are cool. I'll give I, it that. The in-season tournament, <laughs> yeah. I think, is really cool. In-season tournament, yeah, it's another thing I want to talk about because it's interesting, and I appreciate what Adam Silver is doing just to spice up this part of the season, which really hasn't meant anything in the past, right? I mean, this November yeah. Yeah. to like early December part of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, every game counts, but you know, it's not like people were – Tuning into you know game twelve like you know oh man can't wait to see what goes I mean, again if you're a fan of the team like you know more power to you but I'm saying like from a casual fan's perspective you're watching all the games in March and April way more than in November and December obviously right mm-hmm. so it's giving more meaning to these games now I'm still kind of mixed on it because I kind of need to see right they're still in group play so I yeah kinda, I, once yeah. they get to the knockout stage which mm-hmm. is when it kind of actually feels like a tournament. That's when I think us as fans, we're going to get a lot better sense of, ooh, you know, this is an elimination game. And then you get to, they play that. I believe the, the finals are in, in Vegas. So that should I be cool. I think so, yeah. And it's like a month long. So to yeah. add to your point, Bridge, it's really it's it's really good from Adam Silver because this is really a, a dead period for mm-hmm. basketball, even though it just started so early on in the season. It, it you know, entices viewers to stay involved. Yeah. And then by the time it's over, what, what, What's coming up? Christmas. Christmas. And That's a Christmas huge game. NBA day. Yeah. yeah. And then it's then probably going to be the, the All Star break. Then you get you know? the, yeah, so just the you know the stretch great run of addition. The, I think. Yeah. It yeah. kind of bridges like the you know the part of the season that doesn't yeah. matter. To it gives it, it, it like it breaks the season up into quarters almost, yeah. and it like gives you something to be yeah. excited for in each quarter. That's a, pretty cool. That's a great way of putting it. I, I actually I appreciate it. And again, like I'm still like okay. Our team's really gonna care, like because I feel like yeah, but, we're gonna end up like the two teams playing for the. I think they call it the NBA Cup. It's gonna end up being the two most random teams. But that's but, fun. But, but it'll be that's fun. Cool. No, I, yeah. I think the courts. I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't love them. Like some I of them are. Some sick. of them give you a headache. Like but the some Bulls are cool. one that's all red. Like it's hard to look <laughs> yeah. at. Like like some of them are interesting, but it's like oh man. The like, next one was cool when they played the whoever they played their first game, Celtics or Bucks, whatever. Yeah. One, the Bucks one was. Their cool. jerseys are really nice. Jerseys. The new Knicks ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's flair to the game, but again, I ask the question: Does NBA need more flair? They're rising in popularity. They're up there with football. It's not like baseball. It's a dying thing where we have to you know make up things to keep fans engaged. The NBA doesn't need it, but they but they can do it and with every yeah. new city edition jersey they can sell so i mean I, again i oh, get yeah. it it's another revenue stream and yeah you want to like stay you know ever changing you yeah know? And the yeah. more you change it up the more people are like oh what's that what's that what's that yeah why Instead is this the way staying? it is exactly so yeah, yeah. in-season tournaments definitely fascinating and then we sort of talk about kind of from that all the way to the play-in because we were talking about the play-in earlier you mm-hmm. know what does it mean was it not we saw the heat last year kind of a, a play-in team that obviously made it all the way to the finals so you kind of see each side of the equation of, okay, the play-in definitely has a reason to stay. I'm sort of still in the middle. I mean, we sort of had the same format for our whole life, just one to eight, you know what I mean? And right. it was what it was. I, I think 
you know, you talk about how everyone wants the, not everyone, but the, the league kind of wants the best team to win. That's why they have a best of seven series, right? I think a best of five in the first round. They used to do that, I think, back in the 90s. I think that'd be nice. Like, I don't think you need a seven-game series to determine, like, a, a two versus seven. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, best of five, and then best of seven the rest of the way. Like, I think, like, baseball, like, the DS is, is best of five. Like, I think that's right. kind of just little small things that they could change up. Um one game eliminations in sports really don't look. That's exist. my dream. I, I would I love that because March Madness is so awesome. Yeah. Of course, they're never going to do that at the pro level. No, football, they, they they do that, but that's because it's football. It's football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, if every game was a game seven, oh man, how exciting yeah. would that be? It would be really exciting. I think, but, but that's not it, what professional basketball be, is. It would be yeah. fun to see, but you know, it's kind of. Uh, but I guess we'll see that in the your, in season tournament. Yeah. No, so I guess yeah, we're kind of so, getting yeah. what we want in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really cool. It's just a really cool addition. I really like the courts. I think the Suns courts are really cool. The purple ones, mm-hmm. they're really cool. I think they're interesting. Just it's on TV. It's just some of them are hard. Okay, okay. That's, I, that's the thing. I can get with you there. Like yeah. it's 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 yeah. less about like has nothing to really do with the design. But I'm like I'm trying to watch a basketball game. And and I like, don't know what's a, going on. Just yeah. a regular <laughs> floor. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, wood. Yeah. I'm like at a certain point. I'm like okay, I get it. It's cool. I just want to watch the game. I want to be able to see what's going on. But like I see both sides mm-hmm. and. Look, just new things coming in and out of the league. It's it's good for the sport. Yeah, I just hope people day. don't start using these like records in the play-in tournament against teams. Like, oh, you're zero and two in the play-in tournament. You're not a good team or something. Like when yeah. the, when the lights were brighter, you weren't. You know, like yeah, all this nonsense. Uh, there's not that big of effect to. It. I'm not saying I'm not texting Will and saying, hey, come over. Let's you know like watch the play-in you tournament. The no one's Tuesday doing night that. slated group play. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it's kind of trying to emulate like what European soccer does with like the. Champions League, where you take like the top teams from each of the different leagues of each country. The unfortunate thing is like the NBA is so far above, but I would love like in the future, like take like I don't know the Euro League, right? Take the top teams from different leagues around the like the world and put them into like a tournament. I feel like that could be fun. I, I like that. I also heard the idea like all the teams that don't make the playoffs, they play in a tournament for the first round pick. Oh, that'd be cool. Wow. You know, that's, so there's uh, there's things they could do. Yeah, but I feel like that would be just a tank fest, though. Well, it would, who can lose by the most amount of points? But like, would it be who wins the? Yeah, who, 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 who wins it? Who, oh, who yeah. wins it? Yeah. So I mean, they're playing for that, but that's true. That would kind of be an interesting turning of the tables. Where, I don't like, know, though. I don't know if that could like. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, again, it's just but, an idea but, of it. But you know, to add to that, to the tank fest, they would have like tanked to get to that tournament. Like you yeah. could tank. True. Like if the the more tournaments you add, it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's a it's a fun idea. But then it's like that's like technically the third tournament of a season. So yeah. So you're gonna have a whole bunch of teams that are just gonna stink it up for the whole year, so they can play in their tournament. It's like <laughs> AAU all over. And again. then maybe that's exactly right. You know, because then you have to look at it. What do these tournaments? You know, obviously the play-in will never diminish the value of the Larry O'Brien, but just by no. adding more and more tournaments, you know. This season, I'm going to play for the first overall pick by winning this tournament. Yeah. But it, this it, year, I'm going to play for the championship. It's like, like a little silly at a certain point. Right. But, no, it, it, that's all what it is. Hey, talk a little bit about the, the Western Conference, get kind of back on track, talk about basketball. The Nuggets are the defending champs. They're they're leading 9-2. and two. I think the big surprise for me has been the Dallas Mavericks. They're 9-3. and three. Now, we know that they're a talented team with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, but uh, when they made that trade for Kyrie last year, the the Mavericks obviously they spiraled and they did not. I don't I don't believe they even made the playoffs or they they no they lost. missed it yeah they missed, they missed it. So kind of nice to see that team kind of gelling. But the big surprise to me has been the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're eight and three. Uh, they have the third seed in, in the West right now. This team 
has kind of risen above where I thought they were going to be. And I think Anthony Edwards, to me, Ooh. is one of the most fun young players in this league. For sure. I, I went on, I remember telling a couple of my friends a couple of years ago that I predicted that Anthony Edwards would be a better player than John Morant, and I was laughed at. But look at it now. I mean, obviously, John Morant's not playing, but I'll still take it. Right, I think Edwards. that kind of almost helps your point. I, yeah, I guess. If, well, that's on, can't off the court on, stuff. Yeah, but, but I mean, I. You know, Anthony Edwards is him, man. He really is. Like, you look at him, I don't want to compare him to who I'm about to say, but I'm going to. He plays like Michael Jordan. Just I've seen the, that comparison. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's really, and he slashes, uh, he's just tough the way he gets to the basket. I love what I'm seeing, and we'll get into the little scruffle that they had, but that Timberwolves team is hungry, and they want the West, man. Well, there's a reason why he was the first overall pick. He is very clearly, but, you know. Out of Georgia, too. Not a good basketball school. Absolutely. Yeah. He He, uh, is the clear-cut best player of a weak draft class, and not just best player, but he is an amazing player. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy how he is this star of the class, and then there's like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Night it's kind of nuts. Yeah, no, he he's been awesome for the Timberwolves, and again, eight and three, like they Timberwolves again, they're one of the younger franchises in the NBA. I think they came about in the early '90s. Like they don't have a lot of history. Kevin Garnett was with them for for a while, and he led them to the uh, Western Conference Finals in 2004, and that was as high as they ever got. And once they traded him away to the Celtics. They've kind of been living at the bottom half of the conference. Yeah, they had a couple years here and there, but I think for the Timberwolves, this is I'm I'm excited for them, man. I mean, they don't they don't get a lot of you know they they lose to the Suns uh, you know in their last game, but Anthony Edwards first team All NBA right now. I could see it. Well, he is. I would definitely if it, if it ended today the voting he would be first team All NBA. Like, it's just unbelievable what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good things uh, for the Timberwolves. I also have to talk about the Houston Rockets. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the four seed. I mean, I, again, it's so early, but these are teams that I thought would really be at the bottom half of the conference. But then when you look closer at each of these teams, you're like, oh yeah, the teams that had all the draft picks recently. Yeah, those guys, those young players, they're they're developing. They're getting good. Um, the Thunder, of course, with Chet Holmgren. Yeah, and I know like everyone was looking forward to that battle between him and Wemby on Tuesday night. And neither of them broke uh, single digits or got past <laughs> that, which is kind of funny. Um, but to me, Wembenyama is still like just so fun to watch. Just everything that he does, whether it's just a him just pulling up from fifteen feet over a defense, like it's just fade away one leg oh legged three pointers are nuts. Gross. I just like when I saw that originally. When they, you know, just like the highlight videos, the mixtapes that were coming course, out last yeah. year. Then I saw him do it against the Knicks on, you know, national TV, and I'm just like, and he's only getting he's better. Like, this is yeah. him coming into the league. That's like, the crazy thing. He's 19. Like you got to think about what LeBron was like his rookie year at the I, beginning, right? and you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good, and then it's like, well, he's only gonna get exponentially better. They list yeah. him at seven three, but he's like really like seven five. Yeah. Nobody really knows. He's just gigantic. It's kind of like Kevin Durant. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's six nine. Sometimes, sometimes he's seven he's foot. Seven yeah, foot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know, but he's yeah. tall. That's all I know. It's crazy. Um, the Spurs obviously they're not doing so well uh, record wise, but they're a young team. They're going to get better. I still see Wemby winning Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to probably average close to 20 points once it's all said and done this season, and they're going to start building around him. I hope Greg Popovich sticks around. I know people were saying he was thinking about retiring, and obviously he's getting up there in age, but develop him the same way you developed Robinson and Duncan, man. Like right. One more project. One, more, saying, project. one more project. Seriously, just give it a couple of years. Win give a it championship a, yeah. or two. Well, he, he kind of got blessed for this you know little project because of – 
Wemby is so generational. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have gotten a really good player at the pick that the Spurs had, mm-hmm. but it not be Wembenyama. That's right. The huge difference. You know, Pop could add another great piece to his resume in a short period of time because of how talented this this guy is. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now Victor Wembenyama. The, the three number one. He kind of blows them both I mean. out of the water talent wise. Yeah. Especially the hype coming crazy. in. Like, again, both yeah. those guys were number one picks for a reason. Uh, yeah. Tim Duncan and, uh, of course, uh, David Robinson. But, like, Victor Wembanyama. I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. How yeah. about if this year they get the number one overall pick again? Zach Eady. No, oh, I wouldn't be Zach Eady. Yeah, right. Just just load up on oh, my God. Two big towers. Yeah. yeah. yeah their like, whole like team is in. big, too. Yeah, they're they like, big point team. guards are 6'5. Like, yeah, they're, they're running out there. It's crazy. That's what I mean. And, and I, like, I keep saying this for all these young teams, but they're only going to get better. And I think the Spurs for the future are just fine. So, I, like, looking from the West top to bottom, I do want to talk about the Clippers. Like, you yeah, make we got to talk tra- about the Harden situation. You make this trade for James Harden. I don't know why they did it. I mean, they, they're going all in, but I thought they went all in when they got Westbrook, and I thought they went all in when they got PG and Kawhi four years ago. I didn't know they lost six in a row, too. Yes. Yeah, like, on the road. They've lost six every road, game since they've acquired James Harden. My and it's goodness. like it's crazy. It just begs the question, you look at James Harden ever since he left Houston and it forced his way off of that team, went to Brooklyn, forced his way off of that team, goes to the 76ers, forces his way off that team. He's just made every good situation a bad situation, and, and I think he's doing it again. Now I think is a very good time to be like why we're seeing all of these headlines and these storylines that we're seeing of like panic and chaos because think about think about just very not a long time ago. I remember sitting in this exact chair saying how great him and Embiid were together because they won like their first seven or eight games yeah. in a row, and now it's just like people starting to say not really starting to say, but how about more people gravitating towards the idea of it really being James Harden's fault um, and him being the problem? Is he really the problem here? I, I think so, man. I but I have to give. A little bit of blame to the Clippers for making this deal because it just didn't like you wanted another big name, but your scorers are Kawhi and Paul George. Your facilitator is Russell Westbrook, and now you have a guy that wants to be both of those things. Yeah, it and you have three guys already. It's yeah. too much. Westbrook and Harden cannot play together. Yeah, you watch them. They cannot play together. They have to figure out a way to space the floor. They they cannot. If Zubac goes down, yeah. they're toast. And, but, and yeah. then you need to get uh, Kawhi and Paul George involved. I can't stress right. that enough because in Houston, at least it was just them two. Mm-hmm. Now you need to get those two involved. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's weird like seeing the, a guy like James Harden who five years ago, right, 2018 when he had Chris Paul and they nearly beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Harden was playing at an MVP level. He looked unstoppable. He looked like the best, one of the best two or three players in the league. He definitely was too. And and then this 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 drop off, and it's been crazy to watch because not only has his production fallen, but just his approach and his attitude to everything, kind of why he's forced his way off these teams and he sort of brought all these bad situations. It's just like his attitude that he's going out at night and he's doing all all these extracurricular things, like you know, got to stay professional at a certain point and like. Basketball is what you're what you're here to do, and people, you know, he's showing up overweight to to, to practice. Or like when he forces his way off the Rockets, you know, there's that picture of him looking super fat at the layup line. 
just wanted to yeah. get what it's he like, wanted. What are you doing? And he did. He yeah. got what he wanted. And right. then he goes to Brooklyn, and all of a sudden he's in perfect shape. Like I'm, like it's like, what? How does this even work? It's but then it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they played what 16 games together, the three of them in Brooklyn. Like, and insane. they went 13 and three. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> they were <Yeah>. good. <laughs> they almost beat the Bucks. They probably should have. I mean, Durant's foot was on the line in that game seven. I don't know if you guys but, remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but were that close. There was just too much like personality. You know what yeah. I mean. Like that team wouldn't have worked long term. Too much character. Even if they did win the championship, know? they still would have broken up the next. Yeah, year, this like. Clippers team has a good chance to compete if they can figure. Again, it's still early in the season, right? We can't like look at these teams and say they're out of the playoffs already. Like no, that's not. They're, they're, but you have four back. ball dominant guys on the court at the same time. That's never work. gonna work in no. any basketball sense ever. It's just not. It it could work with Russ feeding Russ Kawhi yeah. and Paul what they but, had before, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Now exactly, it worked. They yeah. did very well with that last mm-hmm. year, and I thought they were going to build. They on it traded this year. all their mm-hmm. size to Philadelphia with PJ Tucker, and they you know, traded like, all their yeah, depth. Good, you good role players they had, and yep. Do you blame the... Ty Lue? Like, uh, they have to, they have mm. to trade. They have to go out there and get a trade or something to figure out what they're going to do. Because if they keep running this out, they're going to just keep losing. Yeah, I think I, not blame Ty Lue, but you have to go. I don't know. Keep hammering it home. Take James Harden and say, you know what, man? Like, wake up. Like, you gotta. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, you gotta find a, ma- a way to make it work somehow. You know, they gotta find a way to make it work because this is their window to win. You right. Know, this is how much longer are you gonna have a Kawhi and Paul George? Who knows? You know, and those Russ guys don't even stay healthy that often, yeah. right? I mean, to get all four guys on the court together, I mean, even that, how many games are they all going to play together? That's Absolutely. a question to ask. Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith had a great point. He was talking about Kawhi, and he said he's one of the worst superstars because he doesn't promote the team. You also think mm-hmm. about that. Like, he's on commercials, and he's not even the one talking. Like, yeah. I get he's not a big personality, but Kawhi Leonard, at a point, we remember, he was number three in the world. Like, he was top three. Yeah. The claw, the, like the Raptors year right. two. I mean, they, when they they won, uh, they beat the Warriors in six games, and Kawhi was the lone superstar on that team. I mean, he had great depth around him, but he gets traded to Toronto for a year, and he's like, I guess this is where I am. I'll win a championship. Can't stay on the court, like that's what I mean. That shot that he hit in Game Seven, like mm-hmm. oh, the the bounce in against the Seventy Sixers, like so much great history with Kawhi Leonard, and then Finals MVP in twenty fourteen. Like this guy is a, is a star. Um, but just, yeah, he doesn't really promote his team. He's very quiet. That's Again, there's nothing wrong with issue. being reserved, but I think you do have to, there needs to be a sense of togetherness on that team. And I just, just seems like a bunch of guys showing up to their nine to fives. They do right. their, they do their work together and then they go their separate ways. They're not really a family and it, you know, it, it should feel more cohesive In to me. In sports, we always look externally. We got to look internally at these organizations and what's going on in the locker room. It's like, is James Harden really a cancer? Like, yes, yes, I, he is. I think like, so. He really is. We can't, you, you said it, Will, it, it's past the point now where we can look at Harden and say, oh, it's not his fault. No, 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 no. This is his fault. Like that. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I it's think. It's a pattern. Yeah. I think it's like a lot of it has always been his fault. I would say from starting, we'll start with showing up, as you said, Bridge, overweight at the layup lines to get out of Houston. That was like mm-hmm. his like cry for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think to an extent it's always been on Harden, in my opinion. But I think now more people are starting to welcome the idea of, man, is he like washed and is part is the problem like everywhere he goes every single time instead of like all right freshen up james is in brooklyn new team all right james is in philly start seven and oh like i said before and now it's all crashed and burned so they have to figure out a way to retool he had 21 points last game it's not like james harden can't put up pretty good numbers like he's not 30 yeah, game points not, a game that's not the issue like right it's, it's put him in the second unit and you know figure it out 
Yeah. Well, it, it, it all remains to be seen. A lot of basketball left to be played, and who knows what's going to happen with the Clippers. I think maybe they'll get a six seed, something like that. Mm, the West is that, tough, nah, too. I think they'll be a little better than that. You I think? think they'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, think they do. I think their ceiling's still a four because they're the Clippers at the end of the day. I think that, their ceiling I'm, could be like a three, three or a four. I th- well, I think that could be if I look at them purely based on a talent level and not if you didn't, if you told me they they were on a team, you didn't tell me it was the Clippers. I would say that, but because it's the Clippers, and because the Clippers okay, every yeah, year, yeah, yeah. I'm like right. something's gonna. It's just the Clippers, man. Like it's kind of the same thing you see in all these sports. There's always the team that they're like the Chargers. It's like yeah, they have a great, they have all these great weapons, but hey, if they're the Chargers, they're gonna find a way to screw it up. So the, I, the West is loaded: Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, yeah, a lot of Oklahoma good teams. City, the Kings, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Suns. Right, all you like, have a lot of good teams, and then you have a lot of young teams who are. We're now seeing yeah. becoming good. Yes, pretty. Yeah. It's the Western Conference has been very fun to watch unfold through the first nine or ten games. Yeah, plenty and, of basketball left, and I'm super excited to watch it. That that'll just about do it today for our show. Again, our producer Caleb Stein behind the glass. Thanks for holding it down, uh, and for Dan Bartels and Will Talent. I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your weekend of basketball. Enjoy the play-in tournament. The sports director of WFUV is Bobby Chafferdini, and Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.